Hello and welcome to Real World HR, the podcast which is putting the human back into HR. I'm Louise Kennedy, HR expert, chartered CIPD professional and founder of leading HR consultancy Oculus HR. In the Real World HR podcast, we focus on people and of course, where there's people involved, there's sometimes problems. But we don't shy away from that. We tell the stories we've learned from and explain the processes that have supported the solutions. This episode features leadership coach and menopause educator, Sharon MacArthur. Sharon's own lived experiences of the menopause ultimately ended up with her suffering from symptoms that could have killed her. Even though menopause affects 100% of women, it's estimated only 3% of companies have menopause incorporated into their people plan. With her business, Miss Menopause, Sharon is on a mission to educate HR professionals, managers, and working women to change this. On this podcast, Sharon will be sharing what we can all do to break the taboo around menopause in the workplace, spread awareness and make menopause part of their wellbeing agenda. Are you ready to step into the real world of HR? Thanks very much, Sharon, for coming along today. So we've obviously known each other for about eight years, oh, I think. Oh, a while. A little yes, while. a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought you'd be great to be able to have a conversation with um, with regard to the area of menopause, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously becoming such a hot topic. Um, mm-hmm. I think as I start approaching that type of age, I think as you, you start doing it, but I think certainly from a workplace point of view, and I think it'll be really interesting to kind of get your view of, uh, of where we're at and what we're doing mm-hmm. within the workplace and what people aren't doing and what companies could do to make mm-hmm. situations better, especially when there's some workplaces that are so heavily dominated by women in the work place so do you just want to start off and tell us a little bit about yourself tell me your story your journey and kind of how you've ended up as you are today as this menopause educator <laughs> well that's as much as a surprise to me as it probably is to everybody else but um I was an angry menopausal woman is what I was so I set up Miss Menopause it's coming up for five years now I can hardly believe it I can't believe it's I, five years I can't either I can't no. believe it and at the time I started to well where it started was I started to have some weird and wonderful things happened to me. So I was 47, nearly 48 and I was getting really tired. I was having things, um, a lot of classes, night terrors. I was just having this raft of weird and wonderful stuff. And I think that one of the things that people don't understand or appreciate about menopause is many, many women will begin to have symptoms of menopause long before they notice a change in their periods, often months and often sometimes years yes. before. Mm-hmm. So I only know this, like looking in the rear view mirror that it was menopause related. So um, at one point I thought I was going I have to stop my original coaching business because I just couldn't, I couldn't stay awake, to be honest. I was so, so tired. I couldn't sleep at all. So I was having secret nana naps in the afternoon. Um, and so somebody dared to say to me at, at one point, Sharon, do you not think you're menopausal? And honestly, Louise, I was outraged. I was like, how dare you think I'm a menopausal woman? Because in my mind's eye, a menopausal woman was somebody probably in their 70s plus. Yeah. You know, nobody like me. And at the time, you know, let's be honest, I was a menopausal, you know, I was a middle-aged woman, wasn't I? But, you know, I thought I was young. I was vibrant I was cool you know that was whatever that menopause thing wasn't going to happen to me so I went kind of out on a quest to try and understand was it menopause was it not what on earth was it um, and there was a couple of catalysts that led me to set off down this route. One was I did some mental health first aid training and menopause wasn't part of it at all. And it still continues not to be part of I it I don't all. think it is part of it at all. No. Now, is it? And this is nearly six years because five years gone and six years since I was starting to do this stuff. And I spent the day with 60 GPs and I was quite astonished at how GPs operate, what they did and didn't know and how they behaved with me. And so after those two major things in that, previous year I decided that enough was enough 
and Miss Menopause was born. Now, I think some people think I'm a middle-aged Mr. Man character, but I'm not. It's because the menopause is being missed. It's See being what I did there? No, definitely. See what I did? So when you said that you spent, like, uh, the day with 60 different mm-hmm. GPs, was that an intentional thing because you find out more? Was a part of a yeah. session or something that had been set up and you end up being part of it? What was, yeah, what was that? It was, it was something called the British Menopause Society, of which I'm not medically trained. I don't pretend or profess to be, but I asked if I could, this is like, they were coming to deepest, darkest Newcastle, which never usually happens. And I spotted that that was the case. So I got in touch and asked if I could join. So because I'm non-medical, I was able to join as a, what they'd class as a lay person for that day um, and spend the whole day with these 60 GPs learning about a lot of medical stuff. No, a, a certain amount which went way over my head, but a large amount was really, really interesting. Um, and up until this point, I had begun to speak to lots of you know friends and families and peer, you know, peer groups to say, what do you know about the menopause? Because previously to this, I had been a senior leader in a FTSE 100 company. And I really, truly thought I was really smart. I thought I was smart. I thought I was streetwise. And I thought I knew a lot of things about a lot of things. So when somebody said about menopause, I didn't know a thing. I didn't have a clue Everyone. about about it. I'm just jumping back to the GP things, mm-hmm. you know, about that doctors out mm-hmm. there. Obviously, we do quite a lot of work from a HR point mm-hmm. of view with GP surgeries. And one of the big things that astounds me all the time is that there isn't, they don't have, or they have very limited occupational awareness. So yeah. when you're talking about kind of the menopause in yeah. general, that actually them putting that in context in the workplace, that would have been kind of... Probably, well, probably doc- pretty unspoke about in that meeting, was it? Well, do- doctors only learn electively on subjects that they're interested in yeah. once they've qualified. Okay. So if you have no interest in a particular subject, you don't have to do any more. Again, it's like a postcode lottery for doctors, depending on where they do their training, where they do their learning and their teaching is taught. Where I've been told that it could be anywhere between zero to three hours maximum. It's been in, in recent years what, what individuals may get to learn about menopause. Right, so that, so doctor goes along, I'm interested in that particular yeah. area and that could be their whole education point yes. on it is like, like zero to three hours. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you've got... 100% of the women yes. in the UK going through it and <laughs> yes. that's what they're getting. Okay. Yes. So you can understand why that ricochet affects there, isn't it? Into people, mm-hmm. into situations and how people live their lives, isn't it? Because it's probably not being really recognised really, isn't it? Well, it's it? like a perfect storm because you've got, because of changes to things like pensionable age now, you've got women having to work longer in history than ever before. So I'm 54, I can hardly believe it. I thought I'd be dead by now. And that's only because as a teenager, I thought anyone who was over 50 was very old. So I'm in very fine health. Uh, you're, so in good, you're in good Don't health. worry about this. <laughs> don't worry about this. Um, but yeah, so my, my pensionable age until fairly recently, I was led to believe I would get it when I was age 60, which is scary, only six years <laughs> away. But in 2010, when the government did a full scale review of everybody's pensionable age, mine has been extended now to 67. Yeah. And that trend is set to continue. So I always say it, and younger people out there, I'm not here trying to sell you a pension, but you really, really want to look at this stuff. Because pre-pandemic, there was the government was starting to look at and perhaps review it again. And there was talk of 70, 75. So it's only going one way. Yeah. So you've got, you know, millions and millions of women. So the fastest demographics estimated to be women 50 plus. So this is a perfect storm. So you've got GPs not really knowing about this stuff. Women, you know, through things like gender pay gap, pension pay gap, you know, AD&I initiatives, wellbeing initiatives, women being encouraged to take on more and more responsibility, quite rightly so. And then this thing called menopause, this life event, comes along to all women and makes them think the saddest thing, Louise, people say is, I thought I had early onset Alzheimer's. I was, I've heard that, and I, actually the lady who does me hair, the woman who lives beside her, she left her very high job, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. within um, education and just thought she couldn't cope anymore. And she was about 56 and just, yeah. and the more that you start speaking to people about it, it just becomes like 
it's an unbelievable you know I think I think my awareness is just becoming because of the age <laughs> I am 45 so I think that awareness is just starting to happen mm -hmm. more for me and mm -hmm. you start having more conversations mm -hmm. and the more and more people I mean I had a girl in one of the businesses the other day she must have been about 31 32 mm -hmm. and I was doing some leadership training and that was one of her questions what are the companies doing about the menopause and I was mm -hmm. a little bit well I, I don't know I don't really know the company particularly mm -hmm. you know we're just doing this one piece of training and she was really concerned because her mum had been high up in, in government mm -hmm. kind of HMRC mm -hmm and had to really take this massive drop down because just couldn't cope, couldn't function, couldn't deal with people. Just it's a business issue. Uh, yeah. It's a business completely issue. Completely fall down, really, isn't yeah. it? So what sh surely all businesses want is to retain their talent. And if we believe what the government's telling us practically daily now, where there are apparently more vacancies in the UK than there are humans to fill them. Mm -hmm. So who wants to lose a talented individual for any particular reason? And, and I say all the time, ignorance can no longer be an excuse. And the reason that I say that is nobody's told us, nobody's told working women about this life event called menopause. So again, I go up and down the country working with, you know, huge organisations, small, you know, smaller companies. And the question I ask is, is, has anybody had what I describe as the girl chat at school? Now, some will have had it, some won't. It's a, it's, again, it's a postcode lottery. But the point being is at least somebody had taken the time and the trouble at about age 10 and 11 for me and many other women up and down the country to tell us about the changes to our young female bodies. You know, that periods would begin, what would happen during puberty. And the biggest stressor I had at the time was what was I going to wear at the, you know, at the school disco and was I going to get my French homework done on time? That was about it. But now in the 25th, First century, quite rightly so, women are being actively encouraged to take on more responsibility, to take on more and more you know, work, quite rightly so. And yet, nobody's told us about this life event known as menopause. So what's happening is many, many women don't even appreciate what's happening to their mind and their body is menopause related because they haven't got that information. Yeah. So very, very quickly, usually within less than six months, women are putting two and two together and coming up with 46 and saying things like, you might know some of these, you know, there might be friends, family members, colleagues who are saying things like, I've lost my confidence. I can't do that anymore. And usually that's the power of those shifting and declining hormones. So usually within less than six months, the women that I meet have decided they can't do the job anymore. They're no longer capable and they've left. Yeah. Off they've gone. So they've gone from decent, good jobs yeah. haven't they? and just really stepped out of the, well, the day-to-day -day side of things, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But what are, they, what are they going off to do? Are they just kind of, are they just trying to manage themselves? Are oh, they just trying to... A whole host of things from, I think I'm going to take early retirement because I, I clearly can't do that anymore. And remember, these are women who often don't appreciate what's happening to them is menopause related. Because most of us, have in recent years, the only things I'd ever heard of for myself was two hot flushes, yeah. which sound like nothing. Uh -huh. But if nobody tells you you can't escape your own body. So there'd been many times I would have easily put my boobs against a cold window <laughs> to try and get some respite. <laughs> which, let's be honest, in the workplace, wouldn't necessarily be appropriate, <laughs> would it? not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. But that's how it makes you feel because you can't escape your own body. And very, very little I'd heard intellectually of the term menopause and somebody said, oh, it's the end of your fertility. And I was like, oh, great, whatever that means. <laughs> but nobody's been talking about this stuff. So the raft of symptoms that a woman can encounter both mentally and physically because of those, you know, fluctuating, declining hormones can be off the scale, you know, from hair growth, hair loss, you know, gum disease, bleeding gums. You know, I've gone to the doctor, you know, the dentist religiously from the time that I had teeth. And during the, my, my early stages of menopause, my gums were just in a terrible state and I didn't appreciate it was menopause. Right. So that's another symptom uh, that yeah. potentially can come along. Yeah. You know, itchy skin. But the key ones that are here are 
number one is anxiety, mm-hmm. closely followed by brain fog. And what I mean by that for the listeners is the inability to remember simple words and phrases and even your own name. So this is why women think they've got early onset Alzheimer's because they're waking up one day, putting their keys in the kettle, going upstairs and going, I don't know why I'm here, and truly believing that what's happening to them is this early onset dementia. So imagine how terrifying that might feel if that was happening yeah. to you. And it's how people function and deal with that afterwards, isn't it? You know, I mean, I think I've, even myself, I've been in conversations and then I think, what am I talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, yeah. what was the beginning of the conversation? Or yeah. a friend of mine who lives in Manchester, she's made reference to, she's a HR director mm-hmm. and she's having this mm-hmm. meeting about different people. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm looking thinking, I can't even remember your name. Yeah. You know, and she's sitting around the table and obviously you've got this high position and kind of you're trying to do as much, she's aware it's the menopause, but she's yeah. trying to do as much as she can to, to do the right thing, yeah. you know, to keep her functioning. Yeah. But actually she knows that it's impacting every part of her life. You know, it's impacting our marriage. It's impacting oh, totally. her being a mom. It's impacting her at work. You know, like everything, yeah. it's function, all of our yeah. function is making a difference, isn't it? And it's interesting, you know, at the start of the introduction, you know, and I think you talked about r- women, my mission these days is to educate everybody. Yeah. And some of the most profound feedback I've had over the years has been from men. Right. Who often unwillingly are coming along to my, the work that I do and kind of going, oh, wasn't really, I'm not really sure about this. But when men are telling me, Sharon, this has probably been the best thing I've ever done because I know I wouldn't have looked for it any other place. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had to face up to what this information is bringing me. But they recognise because, let's face it, Louise, women are insidious, aren't we? We're everywhere. There's literally no escape. You know, so we're going to be friends, <laughs> family members, you know, colleagues. You might even live in very close quarters with some of us. Uh-huh. And so when I've got men telling me learning about this is probably going to help to save their marriage, that's when you know you're becoming an employer of choice. Yeah. Because that is helping though, isn't it? Because as you say, you're living with people and, yeah, yeah. and and people don't know what other people are going through, you know, and you're living in close proximity with people and it's kind of, well, what what happens next, isn't it? You know, what do people do and how do they react towards each other? Yeah. And, and very often people mirror other people's behaviour at home, isn't it? You know, like in that close proximity. So it's, Well, you've got, you know, the things like, you know, not being unable to sleep is again is another one of the, the, the key symptoms of menopause that is reported to me. And that was ultimately one of my worst untenable symptoms. I could get to sleep but I couldn't remain asleep until the point where, you know, you said in the introduction, you know, menopause nearly killed me. I fell asleep at the wheel of my car mm-hmm. when I was driving at speed because I literally was so exhausted. Yeah. So imagine, you know, I'm doing a lot of work with manufacturing organisations um, up and down the country right now and that and nothing delights me more than having audiences of men. I really love talking to men about the I menopause. I can just imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, when men are saying it's totally changed my perspective because um, think about it, if you're an employer where you've got gendered and it's mostly a male population think about how how hidden this could be where you know your employees are going home to wives partners and girlfriends where maybe they're not getting on like they used to you know brain fog mood swings these are all part of powerful hormone shifts you know maybe not being able to sleep and that disrupting your partner's sleep and those individuals coming in to operate things like heavy machinery because they work in a manufacturing space so I'm really really delighted that everybody's starting to wake up it's not this thing of women of a certain age we've got to get away from that I would say learning about menopause in my opinion can't harm anybody but it can help everybody yeah you know and and like I say my mission is to make this just business as usual in every workplace because if we don't organizations are going to lose great individuals and who can ill afford to do that and all women want is to a understand what's happening to them manage menopause work through it and get out the other side and that's another key thing that I want to say to any women listening today is menopause is there to be managed not just endured and so when I ask most women what are you doing to manage that guess what most of them say 
And they're saying nothing. Correct. I'm yeah. just getting on with it. Yeah. So I, the, I couldn't be clearer when I say menopause is there to be managed, not just to be endured. And the brilliant news is, whilst it's not going to be easy for lots of women out there, and the difficulty with menopause is every single person's going to have a menopause like themselves. It's going to be unique to them. So what might work for me, amazingly, might never work for you and vice versa. And that's what makes it really difficult. So menopausal women, in my opinion, are like live living experiments. Yeah. And you've just got to... You've just got to kind of realise that. So it's kind of what we're doing is we're trading secrets all of the time. And People are continuously talking yeah, about it and opening Yeah. I remember you saying to me a few years ago when you were going mm-hmm. through that where you'd pretty much took to your bed, hadn't you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From when we first mm-hmm. met, you were, mm-hmm. you are as you are now. Kind yeah. of, you know, <laughs> um, like, you know, like enjoy life and you're loud yeah. and, you're in, you know, you, yeah. you take everything in and you enjoy it all. And then yeah. you really kind of shut off for about nine months, didn't oh, you? But, horrendous. And I remember you saying, I just couldn't get out of bed. I just mm-hmm. couldn't function. Mm-hmm. But I think you, obviously you took the proactive route mm-hmm. on it, but you also went to the GP, didn't you? And said, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what it was. And you took yeah. responsibility for yourself. After totally. loads of research that totally. you did, but you took responsibility for yourself yeah. to kind of say, right, yeah. this is what I want. This is how yeah. it's going to it's gonna impact upon me. I want to try this. And it's a great point that you raise. And again, that's the key message that I'm giving to employers. So when I'm working with you and your people, what I'm going to say is, in my opinion, line managers aren't paid to have all the answers, in my opinion. But what I do believe line managers and leaders are paid to do in their business is to listen. So let's just imagine I was to come to you, you were my line manager, and I was going to disclose my menopause to you. Now, it could happen in a one-to-one, you know, a well-being meeting, so even in an, over an informal coffee. And what I say is, remember, everyone will have a unique story. So it's really important that we have this open, honest, adult conversation where you as my line manager hear my story. And what I hope that we're going to do is we're going to decide that there might be some small, no cost reasonable solutions that you might find you know, between us. And those small reasonable adjustments are things like you know about. So let's just use the, the example of um, pregnancy. So I know every organisation you'll deal with will just about, if they haven't already, they'll be working on things like the disclosure of pregnancy policy. Mm-hmm. So say I'm working on site, I'll get a car parking space near the office. Maybe I'll get a desk van. Maybe I'll get time off for appointments. So what I'm saying to line managers is we shouldn't say what I'm calling a leadership eye roll, where line managers are going, oh, another thing you want us to think about now. So what I'm saying is, no, we're not starting from scratch here. All of these things that you know about through maybe well-being conversations, you know, a one-to-ones or disclosure of pregnancy, you know about this stuff. So we're not starting from scratch. But what I'm going to say to any of your non-managers is this. Expect during the course of a conversation like that, that you would be asked this question. And the question you would ask me, Louise, would be, hey, Sharon, what do you intend to do about that? Because absolutely, employers and your line manager has a duty of care. And so does the organisation to a certain extent. But my belief is surely the biggest duty of care should sit with me, the individual. Because let me tell you that menopause is the gift that keeps on giving. So even if you're offering me the most amazing reasonable adjustments in the workplace, I'm going to be off, aren't I? I'm going to be away from the business. I'm going to be on holiday. I'm going to take time off. And menopause is going to be with me all of those times. So unless it becomes this, what I call an equal act of partnership, it's never really going to work. Yeah. So that is my message. Accountability on both sides equally is going to make this business as usual. So as you mentioned there about pregnancy, you know, mm. obviously when we're dealing with businesses, we'll always make sure that a risk assessment's done, mm-hmm. you know, someone coming in and kind of a review taking place over, mm-hmm. I don't know, every six, eight weeks or something, depending mm-hmm. upon kind of the business and what it is that the role is doing. So really, would you say something, obviously, and, and as you say, you've got policy in place for maternity that covers kind of what needs to happen when and how mm-hmm. and, and the reason adjustments are put in place. 
Do you think the concept's potentially the same there than for menopause? It's exactly in, the same. So realistically, <laughs> companies should have menopause policies, shouldn't well, they? Well, I'm a, I'm a bit controversial, I suppose, um, in terms of, I think there's, I think in the 21st century, and this is just me and my opinion, if we try and keep legislating for every single thing that crops up, you eventually could have a cupboard full of policies, couldn't yeah. you? Oh, without a doubt. So what I'm saying is, rather than write, try and legislate and have a policy for every single thing, because let's be honest, if you write a policy for menopause, and I'm not saying any organisation don't do that, all I'm saying is ask yourself, is there, a the different, is there a different way of doing this? Is yeah. there, a, is there a, a, an alternative to, to doing what I need to do? So the point being is that from a, a, a policy point of view, yes, you could end up with a cupboard of policies. But if you were to start looking at your current processes, but through what I call a menopause lens, once you've understood the subject matter better, what might you do differently? So it might mean for things like, um, you know, you might treat somebody who discloses a menopause like somebody who discloses pregnancy. So you just take what you do there and you replicate that. So you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just using what you already have. You might use something, because menopause currently doesn't have its own what we call protected characteristics. But under the characteristics of age, sex and disability, menopause can sit under those umbrella headings. And that has just recently come up, hasn't it? It was probably about two or three years ago, wasn't it? There was a first case law. About put, four years, I think It was think about now. four years, was it? Yeah. There was a piece of case law around it, mm -hmm. isn't there? So, so as you say, menopause itself isn't no. a discrimination. However, it can fall mm -hmm. under, because of the symptoms of the menopause, yeah. it can fall under disability, yeah. which is a discrimination, isn't yes, it? absolutely. Yeah, so I think, and there's a couple of different scenarios of other things, you know, like uh, that fall into that category. Yeah, but yeah. I know menopause itself isn't, yeah. but the symptoms that potentially give you are. Yes, absolutely. So, and that's where companies need to be very careful about mm -hmm. whether it's a, around well-being, what it is mm -hmm. that they're doing around the well-being yeah. or around kind of, you know, actually about yeah. the menopause, what it is that they, they put in. And I think that's where I was probably coming from with a with a policy element of it because they kind of think, right, okay, what, what oh, they need to be fully aware of what they do. And I, I think I'm taking it from a very point of view of a lot of my businesses I deal with are, are smaller businesses, sure. you know, so kind yeah. of up to maybe 250 employees and yeah. actually they're just finding the way, you know, yeah. because it's very often the yeah. business has grown and it's going fast or, yeah. you know, they're just kind of dealing with the day-to-day -day side of things. Yeah. So to have something to, not even a policy, but something to refer back to, whether it's around well-being or whether sure. it's around um, menopause, it's it would, it would help yeah. them to be able to educate themselves. Well, anybody here works with me, no, don't get very excited I, I provide them with four A4 documents of bits of paper and things like it's a leadership checklist it's a policy checklist because what I'm saying is it might take you six months to systematically go through what you currently have and start to see have we considered menopause as part of that rather than write a separate one if that makes sense right so for example an example would be you might look at your policy around things like discrimination and things like disability and you might say that when you're doing a return to work you might then park separately those items where somebody said this is to do with my disability mm -hmm. and you treat them separate as separate occasions yeah you may wish as best practice to do that with things like disclosure of menopause because it could sit under that disability it under, yeah mm -hmm. so it's it's really i can't stress enough it's really really all about simplicity and i'm getting a bit i suppose grumpy because i feel like there's a lot of people out there kind of rattling cages and making out this is a really complicated thing you've got to spend lots of money doing all of this stuff and when i say to companies and they go, Shambhut, how is it so simple? It's because it just is. Yeah. 
It just is. And you don't need to overthink it, isn't no. it? It's kind of, as you say, opening those conversations up with your employees yeah. to start with, isn't it? To be able to say, yeah. what, is it that, what is it that you need? Yeah. How is it that you want yeah. to be able to help us to help you yeah. as the employer to the employee, isn't it? Yeah. And I think without asking those questions to the employee, they still just flounder around, don't they? They, they haven't got the opportunity to be able to give anything back, have they? Well, that's why I set up Miss Menopause in the way that I do. The bit that's missing currently is the education about it. So people don't know about it, those affected and those organisations maybe don't know how to handle it. So my sessions now are totally inclusive. So in the early days, I used to do different sessions for managers versus non-managers. Now, because of AD&I, it doesn't matter whether a company sends me manager, non-manager, you know, male, male female, other all this, all the contents the same. Yeah. So my starting point, as I always say, working with me is the start of the thing. What you have to have as a business is the intention to make this business as usual. So again, they get a suite of documents from me, which will talk about strategically what might you need to think through, what examples might that look like, as well as things like a manager's checklist. Because some people love a checklist, don't they? Oh yeah, um, good little tick like, off Yeah, and then a policy checklist, so you can start to look systematically through what do I currently have. And this isn't a thing that's going to happen overnight. It might take it, you know, with an organisation, 250 humans. I would say that's a 12 up to 24 month exercise mm -hmm. to do all of that piece of work. It's not, you know, it's an evolution, not a revolution. So it's not about, you know, oh, I've got to go get this all done. And it shouldn't become an event. It should it should be your intention that you want to make this business as usual. So as, as, as that employer of choice, that people know they're going to work in a menopause diverse, menopause die friendly way. Um, and that sets you apart from other organisations who maybe aren't thinking about this. So what I say about menopause is it's not more or less important, in my opinion, than any of the other people issues you've got going on right now. But what's totally different about menopause is the scale of it. Yeah. And that's because whether directly or indirectly, every single human on the planet is going to encounter menopause some way. So again, young people we know are living longer at home and through the pandemic have often had to go back to the, you know, to the, yeah, to yeah. the, to the home. home. You know, we've got, like I say, men need not to be excluded for the conversation. Women need to understand what's happening to them from a leadership point of view. If you're a leader or an owner manager in your business, you need to understand the impact of this. So I'll tell you a funny story. It was very much in the early days. I went along to a company, a show shall remain nameless. And I was talking to somebody, they're quite a big company. And they went, well, we don't have a problem with menopause here. I went, oh, do you not? She went, it was a she. She went, no, no one's ever mentioned it. And I said, well, I'm just going to bet a million of me Geordie pounds that you don't have a way of recording it, that no one's ever mentioned it. And also, you don't have a way of recording that. Yeah, that has been mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, no, no, I don't believe that's the case. I went, well, don't feel bad because there's hardly anyone really doing this stuff right now. Remember, this is nearly four or five years ago. And it came back, now I'm not often wrong, but who was right? I would guess just it was saying, you. <laughs> just saying. And that's the thing. It's like it's menopause has been hiding in plain sight for all of these years. Um, and I even wrote an article about four years ago, why I believe we see less women in C-suite positions. It's, it's because of stuff like this. Yeah. So if I was to go back to my grandma, who God rest her soul is no longer with us, if I look at my grandma's generation, I would have heard her talking, whispering that everyone was going through this thing called the change mm -hmm. and that she was on Valium. And a lot of my friends were on Valium because they were all bad with their nerves, weren't they? Yeah. Now, that, that to me was codename menopause. Now I reflect back mm -hmm. on probably what that was. Yeah. And so really until very recently, we haven't really, we hadn't really moved on at yeah. all because no one's been talking about this I stuff. I think it is still very much under the radar. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the businesses mm -hmm. that I deal with, I think it's, it doesn't come on their mm -hmm. radar particularly. Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, I, 
it's I think they need to educate a little yeah. you know more and kind of have build that awareness yeah. element of it and especially I was talking to someone the other day and they had 75% of their workforce all very kind of uh, professional roles mm-hmm. 75% mm-hmm. role women mm-hmm. so and they said oh yeah well I've done a policy and I was thinking well so what else are you doing yeah <laughs> you know yeah. because but but they're probably do, they're doing that bit more than what a lot of other companies are doing sure. at the moment there's still that massive gap and I think it is whispered about and yeah. you know kind of talked about kind of behind you know kind of behind the hand yeah. isn't it and you know people's attitude towards it isn't quite there yet well my philosophy is we should be able to say shockingly hand foot vagina penis in a sentence without going oh and having an attack of the vapors, right? Yeah. We've all got bodies. We've all got body parts. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll tell you another story. So I was, again, it was as a company who was maybe similar size to some of your, the companies you work with, Louise, and about 30, 40 people. And I was talking to the guy who ran it and he was, um, I looked up to him quite a bit at the time and he was like, ah, well, it wouldn't really apply to us, this menopause thing, because uh, we only got 30, 40 people in there, all lads. And I went, all right, okay. He says, oh, wait for this. He said, we've only got two women. I said, only two whole real life females in your business. He went, yeah. I went, well, let's just play this scenario out. I says, let's just imagine, we'll call them Louise and Sharon. Let's let's call them Louise and Sharon. I said, I imagine that in business that was very, you know, heavy industry. Let's just imagine they're administrators in your business. He went, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. I said, I imagine they've probably been there for some time. Oh, yeah, 10 years each. Couldn't be without them. I said, I bet they're so good at their job, you don't even notice what they do because it just happens as if by magic. I said, let's just imagine Sharon wakes up one day thinking that she's got early onset Alzheimer's that she stops being able to remember things maybe she does get payroll she makes starts to make mistakes she's not sleeping very well she's starting to feel anxious and within less than six months she decides she can't do this job anymore and she leaves how what would you do then he was like oh my goodness don't say that I couldn't I couldn't cope I said well don't you think you owe it a to Sharon and Louise to educate them and b to educate at least their line manager and probably the rest of their colleagues, what menopause is all about and the impact it can have. So the two of them can manage it themselves and get out the other side. And you as an organisation can help support those individuals going through it. And only at that point did the penny drop that perhaps it was an idea to really think more deeply about this subject matter. Yeah. But, but uh, the fact that you've had to point that out uh-huh. on that type of scale, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, only two whole... <laughs> only two, two women. Two only real two women. women. <laughs> I was like, you are having me on, aren't you? I know, but that's that, that mindset, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That people just think it's not relevant to, to all the businesses mm-hmm. that they're dealing with, or the size of their particular business, isn't it, that they're dealing with? Everyone. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference all the way across, Everyone. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What would be one of your kind of most humorous? Obviously, you've done lots of training there now. Uh, What's one of your humorous stories of kind of what people uh, have thought? Well, I was I was doing a session. This is pre-pandemic. I was on site, so all my work was on site pre-pandemic. Now it's probably 70-30 online versus on site. So I do I, I'm going back to on site, which delights me a lot. And I was actually um, I always say there's no such thing as a daft question. And I was um talking about this situation where a woman had had an episode of flooding. Now, I hadn't really checked my language because I exactly knew what that meant. And and there was a group of guys and one, he said, he put his hand, he went, Sharon, can I stop you there? And I went, yeah, of course. He went, you keep talking about flooding. He went, and I can't honestly understand what it is you're trying (laughs) to tell me. And I said, right, I'm just going to say it how it is. That's when your period could be so heavy, it could be running down your legs. And he's looking at me. He's looking at his colleagues, his mates, and he's like, you went, you're joking. And I went, 
I'm not joking. I said, and what you need to understand is that most women are told about the age of 10 they're going to bleed every month for 40 plus years. I said, so we don't want to need a pity party, but what we need is for, you know, for men to understand what may happen. Um, and during menopause, this is a time in a woman's life when she won't know, not necessarily from month to month, but sometimes week to week, hour by hour or minute by minute, what our mind and my, my, my body might do next. So at the end, it was really cute because he came up to us, he went, can I shake your hand? Remember pre-pandemic? I went, yeah, of course. He went, I am going home to buy my wife the biggest bunch of flowers. He went, because some of the things you have told me here, he says, I can hardly believe it. He says, you women have lots to contend with. I said, well, like I said earlier, we don't want to need a pity party because this is just part of what happens. Yeah. But what we really want is for you to understand it, to tell your mates and to tell your colleagues about this life event so all women can just be more supported and understood. So, and I think that's part of one of the things is I'm just thinking of you know kind of at home you kind of you just expect it to kind of get on with it, mm-hmm, aren't you? you? Kind mm-hmm. of there's so many other things that go on, mm-hmm. and you just kind of it's it's just another thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? And actually, you're struggling with it, and you're struggling yeah. with your day to day aspects of it, and yeah. and knowing how that you're functioning and, and what it is that you're doing. And there's obviously millions of women in that same situation, isn't millions. it? Millions. They've, they've just got a crack on with it haven't they you well know? And, and, and I think that's, and that, but that's, that, that's the, the perception of yeah. what needs to happen isn't yeah. it you know and I think yeah. and that's the bit where people have struggled because actually they've been used to doing all of the the family, the home, the kids, yeah, the, totally. the business, the work, the yeah, you know, everything. looking after parents and dependents, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, you've, you you're just used to doing it, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just feel like you can't. You just want to drop out a little bit, mm-hmm. but actually you balance that many balls. You know, you're juggling that many balls, so to speak. You can't, you can't just drop out, can you? So what I'm saying is, remember, menopause is to be managed, not to be endured. So if mm-hmm. you start to notice a change mentally and physically, that's something that's not right for you then do something about it. Yeah. Because, as the advert often says, did you know it's because you're worth it? That's exactly it. <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? Because you're worth it. You know, And there's no right or wrong how an individual can manage their menopause. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no right or wrong. I say this all the time. There's only what's right for you. So I even say, you know, if you wanted to dangle crystals from your nipples and it works for you, who cares? Because, well, it's your body, your choice, isn't no, it? it? And is, there's it no is. right, this is my point. I know I'm making a ridiculous one. No, no, you're not. And the reason I'm laughing is... <laughs> you haven't done that, have you, recently? <laughs> not recently. <laughs> uh, no, there was, um, uh, this probably was about seven, eight years ago, um, when the girls I was out with one night, and she'd gone for putting the, the magnet in your pants. Oh, yeah, the knicker magnet, it's uh-huh. a thing. So it's a thing, so, um, and obviously, six, seven years ago, I wasn't wasn't even mm-hmm. on my radar, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm listening to her, having a couple of drinks at the time, and listening to her. So she'd obviously um, had the magnet mm-hmm. down her pants, and she's... Uh, practice nurse as mm-hmm. well a nurse practitioner and um and she had it done and then she went into uh, she went into asda well obviously she had a pair of like loose fitting trousers on well the magnet stuck onto the front of the uh, the trolley that's exactly so- what happened to me <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. Walking around in the front yeah. of the uh, the front of the pants, and uh-huh. she couldn't she couldn't get it she couldn't get it out. She was absolutely distraught. But you know when you're telling that story, yeah. well, that's exactly can. what happened to me. And it's like you know, but I've met women who love a knicker magnet. Uh-huh. So there's absolutely no right or wrong. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. that's the philosophy here. Yeah, but doing nothing shouldn't be one of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was just entertaining the way that she'd actually gone through that experience of like being stuck to the trolley and answer. Me too. She's in good company. But that must have happened to so many people, though, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It must have happened yeah. across the board so many yeah. times to people. Because yeah. people are all trying different things, aren't they? Yeah. And as I say, she's a nurse practitioner, so she yeah. was just trying different alternatives to, yeah. to what would work and what wouldn't work as well. well. That's you know that's what I did. I tried this, that and the other. And I, because I wasn't sleeping, I thought I'd encountered a wonder drug called magnesium because you can eat it, you can wear it and you can bath in this stuff. And I was doing all three. 
let me tell you. <laughs> and um, did it make any difference? No, 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 not really. I mean, it did a little bit initially and then it just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't at all. So, you know, and it's, it is complete trial and error. And I say on average, I would say most women that I've met, it's going to take them at least three attempts or three iterations of a thing or a combination of things that's going to work for them. And like I say, from a business point of view, don't think that you have to do everything for your people because, you know, it's really important that we, as I say, equal active partnership, take that, you know, 50-50 role, you know, you the employer and you the individual because, you know, it's really important that you look after yourself. You know, but a lot of companies, you know, they might have... I'm sure a lot of the companies you work with have brilliant what I call employee benefits. So one of the first things I encourage companies to do is often you've got so many of them, they're buried. So why don't you after this session go away and just get all your employee benefits out on the table and look at what you've got. So you might offer your employees like 10% off a yoga class, you know, or you might offer them occupational health benefits. You know, you might get them, you know, they might be able to do weight training classes. They might be able to get their eyes tested. There's a whole host of things that going through menopause, you've probably got a lot of stuff already. Yeah, that you could offer, the, yeah. the employer could already offer them. That as, they've already got. Already and you just, yeah. you just say, let me tell you that the all of these things can you can tap into. Yeah. But often you've got so many of them, you just, you know, and they're, they're brilliant. I remember working at my last organisation. There was absolutely pages of this stuff. I didn't have time to look at them all. Yeah. So again, that's it's... a real simple thing that mm-hmm. you could do once you've understood the subject matter better. So like I say, where Miss Benipose comes in, it's all about educate, educate, educate. And now you've understood that. What do you need to do next? Yeah. And it's that educational piece of what they do next, isn't mm-hmm. it? Well, kind of you you can educate to a certain point, but mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. as a business, I'm just thinking probably quite a few of our smaller businesses don't necessarily have many benefits, you know. So mm-hmm. actually it's thinking about, well, what would benefit people? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think people are prepared to make investments in people. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about on our other podcast there was just the people who need help with regard to things like mental mm-hmm. health and the support mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of providing that occupational health element of it yeah. or whether it's counselling services. Yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, these aren't particularly expensive benefits to a company. You no. know, you know, sometimes it might be a couple of hundred pounds or something. Yeah, yeah. But actually that couple of hundred pounds might make a massive difference to somebody, totally. you know, who can't afford it or they're kind of living on the yeah. breadline or they just haven't got any time for themselves to be able to think about spending that money. Yeah. So actually it's weighing up, you know, the, the value to you to keep somebody employed yeah. who's great. And totally. Sharon in a way is the administrators mm-hmm. who are doing a great job mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's worth that investment mm-hmm. you know at that level to be able to yeah. ensure that they're they're able to be at work isn't it and kind yeah. of can function and manage themselves but I can't it? I can't stress enough how just letting your people know that they work in a place where it's okay to talk openly about menopause and not be judged or think that they're going to lose their job because of it is so so important because remember it's back to that and, I, and I've called I say women are in the least exclusive club on the planet I've called it the 100% club <laughs> and the other because the other really heartbreaking thing that you know you know, people who might be listening to this certainly from an employer's point of view is women telling me not only to think they've got early onset Alzheimer's they feel or they felt so alone yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, did you not know you're in the least exclusive club on the planet? And a lot of women genuinely haven't thought about it in that way. All they do is they think I'm the only one this is happening to. I feel terrible. I feel silly because I can't do what I've always done. I'm doubting myself. And now I've, I've told myself I need to leave because I'm no longer capable. And again, I'll tell you another sad, sad story. It was somebody who I met who was who was an HR professional. And she'd worked in HR for over 20 years and, uh, you know, was, you know, had had a master's in HR. She was really, really accomplished. And she was in a senior position in this particular organisation. Now, she actually did start to realise she was going through the early stages of menopause. But because she was, you know, at this high-paced organisation, sitting around the table, 
really with what her description was white middle-aged men. She was the only female in that senior leadership team. She st- her cognitions were so bad. She couldn't re- face his names, you know, information. Yeah. She couldn't remember it. So within less than six months, she, she couldn't afford to retire, which a lot of people Women can't. can't. Definitely not. So she took a step down. So she, <clears throat> she, she got a role where she was a junior administrator. And that's literally what's happening. Women are either dropping way down the ladder... Yeah. Or they're leaving altogether and yeah. they're retiring. And, and and who wants to lose good quality people like that just because of ignorance? Yeah. And I think a lot, you know, when you're talking about that, I think people don't always open up to other people because they might mm-hmm. not have that friend base at mm-hmm. home, you know, like their personal yeah. side of things. People yeah. don't always have a lot of friends, do they? Or people yeah. to speak to or don't want to reveal yeah. it to their, their partners that they're living with. Or, yeah. You know, and then they go to work and they're just trying to get on with it aren't they but yeah but as you say that openness once you start having conversations yeah um and i did a, a women's panel last week and actually in one of the one of the women that was on the panel she said that's all we're talking about in the mm-hmm. office because mm-hmm. we're there's about six or seven women mm-hmm. who are all mm-hmm. kind of like in that 40s to yeah. 50s you know mid 50s range yeah. and she said you know the men just get sick of us because we talk about everything we talk about every mm-hmm. symptom we talk about every experience mm-hmm. but for them they said it was amazing it yeah. was because was your name was being mentioned at this point <laughs> um, but they said it's amazing because they can they can talk and they can share yeah. and they can you know they they, they go away feeling better yeah. about themselves because they've got that openness that yeah. they can they've got like a safe place to be to have those conversations and isn't what, it and what I would say is if you're in an organisation where there's say 250 humans on site in that particular office or environment you might be one of seven or eight women where you can do that yeah but what about in particular areas of your business where yeah. people maybe don't feel they can do that mm-hmm. you know what provision have you got so it can be as simple as having like a WhatsApp group yeah for example you know mm-hmm. I set up when I set up Miss Menopause, my group's now grown organically over the last four or five years. And there's just about 8,000 women in that group. That's your Facebook group, yeah, isn't it? And, yeah. that, and that's another, you know, it's a resource that, you know, organisations can say, well, we can send what people to that group if you don't want to set one up. But like I say, it's as simple as having a WhatsApp group. Yeah. If you, if you haven't got anything where women can have this ongoing chat and share that information with each other so they know that they're not the only ones. Because yeah. like I say, I, I get concerned sometimes when, when individuals go, oh, we've got a great thing going on in our office. And I would say, but how do you know that's the same in every other part of your business? Yeah. Especially if you're a bit bigger. So it's just about thinking more more bigger picture sometimes as to what works really well here is this. How can we replicate this elsewhere? Elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And you talk about your Facebook group. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's that just kind of goes from strength to strength, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And you, you do get an awful lot of interaction on there yeah, as well, loads. don't you? Mm-hmm. Some people, and do you generally kind of put something out to start with and then people interact with it or or, or people put their own stuff in there as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, no, normally every morning I'll put a little thing up. So I would say if you don't mind a bit of swearing and a bit of like humour, then maybe my group's not for you if that bothers you. But if not, and that's kind of the tribe, I guess, I've built where people know they can be open and honest and they can say what's on their mind. And the thing is now, again, with organisations, I've had a couple of organisations say, well, um, you know, people can't post anonymously on things like WhatsApp groups. Did you know that if you set up a group on Facebook now, it has to be a group, people can post anonymously. All right, okay. So again, it's simple as you might set up a a company group, a Facebook group, and people can post anonymously if they don't want to put their name to these things. You know, so... There's tons of so things. There's still ways to do. talk, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't want to put your name yeah. out there and put your name associated yeah. with it. Yeah. So which is good though, because again, it's just another outlet source yeah. where people realise they're not alone. Yeah. And I think Facebook groups 
a bigger and bigger, aren't they? You know, yeah. it's like all oh, for you know we're in a Facebook group for everything, aren't we? You know, we want yeah. for me hair product, and we <laughs> want for this, and you know, like you 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 join into them yeah. because you get so much out of them, isn't it? You know, and 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 I would absolutely encourage you know anyone who's listening who's more senior in their business or maybe a manager, you know, and a business owner. The most powerful thing that you can do is to role model this stuff, is to, you know, either come along to sessions, you know, that I do or other people are doing out there and get a bit vulnerable. So when you share your story, I'm just, we're just happening to be talking about menopause today, it could be anything. Yeah. But when you share your story and show an element of vulnerability, that is dynamite for your people because it lets them know it's okay just to be like just, that. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, if you did nothing else today, go and maybe share some of your story that you think would help your people to share theirs. Yeah. And it just helps other people. As mm-hmm. you say, it helps other people. It helps the business. It helps the people within yeah. the business, doesn't it? And it totally. Which inevitably, you know, makes you that employer of choice that you're mm-hmm. talking about, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That really helps from there. Mm-hmm. Just as we're kind of coming towards the end of a Sharon, what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for a business owner or managers that they could realistically implement to improve menopause education and support within a business? You you really need to to get familiar with why this is important to you and your business. Yeah. Because you might be sitting here today going, well, that's got nothing to do with me. But I'm saying is menopause is going to impact every human on the planet either directly or indirectly yeah so getting more familiar with why this might be a good idea in your business is going to be really transformational because remember as I said earlier if we've got this aging population which we know we have yeah definitely have uh, pensionable ages are only going to go up yeah you are at risk of losing great people when we have a skills gap in the skills shortage right now and that's going to be so so difficult isn't it you know mm-hmm. as you say people starting to leave but people need to work longer mm-hmm. then then what do they do you know kind <laughs> yeah. of we haven't got the skills, we haven't yeah. got the people to be able to do the jobs and then they become lower paid jobs that they go into when actually yeah. we need people at that high level, isn't it? So well, it's a fundamental a, problem, isn't it? And that's the thing, you know, whether I'm working, you know, on the checkouts, whether I'm working in the warehouse, whether I'm working, wherever I'm working, menopause doesn't discern it's going to occur. It's going to impact upon Everybody. everything. Yeah. yeah. So let's not keep thinking it's only, you know, it only matters to those who are in higher positions. Every single person is going to be impacted directly or indirectly by menopause. And that's in every single employee in every role that you've got at every level. Yeah. So th- I can't stress that enough. It was, you know, and I, you think about when you go to the supermarkets and you think, you know, those individuals with nylon uniforms sitting on tills all day. I wonder what, you know, like, what provision. When they're, they're having a hot flush yeah. in the middle of the day. <laughs> with na- with a full scale nylon yeah, that, outfit. That's what I was just thinking. Do you, yeah. know, do you know what I mean? But you don't genuinely think that though. Like when you're in the supermarket, mm-hmm. you might do that now, mm-hmm. but kind of I'm probably not mm-hmm. quite at that point mm-hmm. of thinking. But, it, but that awareness does become more and more, doesn't it? So again, things like uniforms, mm-hmm. you know, if you work in manufacturing, I'm guessing manufacturers are looking at being more diverse because yeah. you, you can't afford, you know, they, they need more females in, in the workplace. It needs more diversity, all told. And your next uniform review, and that's what I'm talking about, going back to simple, simple simplicity. It's about your next uniform review might not be coming around for the next 18 months. When it comes around, are you going to look at, is the form and the cut of these uniforms suitable for men and women? Yeah. And it'll be yes or a no. What about the design and the fabric choices? Is it suitable for things like menopause, i.e. hot flushes? Yeah. And you'll just go yes or no. So you might have already covered that in doubt without knowing it. But if you haven't, that would be a simple thing that you would lead to think, hmm, 
And he goes, look at that. Yeah. And it may be a case that they have male uniform and yeah. female uniform, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah. the police, you know, the police and the fire service, when I, when I, before I set up Miss Menopause, I looked around and said, who was doing anything at this point in tenant to pay things like police and fire? And that was ultimately coming from things like uniform design, where historically it was just male uniforms and they weren't considering the, you know, the cut and form for the female body. So again... Do you need to consider that as an employer out there? You know, if you're looking to be more diverse in the future, not yeah. just the, 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 the cut of the uniform, but the, the fabric choices, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just simple stuff. Yeah, so the simple things. Mm-hmm. But as you say, until you start opening that out and yes. start thinking in a different type menopause of way. Menopause lens. It's yes. back to this menopause uh-huh. lens. So you need to think in a little bit of a different mm-hmm. way, don't you, to be able to get to that point as well. Okay, so what would be your biggest piece of advice for women who are facing or worrying about the menopause um, and how to address this successfully in the workplace? Educate yourself, ask around. You know, I keep saying this, it's a non-exclusive club that you're in. So don't think you're the only one. And the brilliant news is in the 21st century, I'm old enough that if I wanted to get information that in, in recent history, I would have probably had to A, get in a bus and go to the library and pull out tons of books off shelves. Most people have what I call a supercomputer in the hand, i.e. smartphone. So even things like Googling stuff. But what's happened in the last couple of years, it's fantastic because you can Google things. You can read a book. There's tons of people writing about this now. You can watch, you know, you can watch programmes about it. You know, podcasts like this, there's lots of ways of digesting information. So I would, first of all, ask around who, you know, who's talking about menopause, who knows about it in your, in your you know, at work, at your friends, your family, yeah. whoever, and see what you get. And then if you start getting really passionate and fired up, maybe take some of this information that you found to your employer and let them know why it's a business issue and yeah. see where you get. And kind of encourage that conversation yes. with your line manager or Absolutely. with your, the business owner yeah. to be able to start the conversation or but go with your information that you've yeah. been able to find together. Yeah. And I'm just thinking there, while you mentioned that, the, I mean, there are a few celebrities that have started talking now, haven't they, to be able to start yeah, yeah. discussing the menopause. And I, yeah. and I think that that really came after you started doing <laughs> what you did, didn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, of course. <laughs> like Davina McCall, she's she's done quite a lot on it, yeah, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. yeah. But I think that came kind of probably a couple of years after you started to kind of champion the cause, so to speak, wasn't it? Well, that it? was last year. And like I say, um, I've been doing this coming up five years in January. So, yeah. you know, but I'm I'm delighted that it's getting more airtime. Yeah. But if, if I go back to, you know, employers, the percentage of, you know, you mentioned 3%, mm-hmm. you know, it might, it, even if it was the highest 10%, yeah. even if it was, that's 90% mm-hmm. of employers that who aren't, aren't doing. talking about this stuff. So think about the risk to your, you know, employees, what might be happening? If could you imagine? And there's this figure that is banded around where it says in the last maybe twelve to twenty four months, up to a million women either have left the workplace or are considering leaving. Let's just imagine some of these women work where you work. Yeah. What would you do if they left? What would you do? And it's that lack of understanding, making sure that when people do leave, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want, well, you don't want people to leave, but when yeah. they do leave, exit that you've interviews. got the understanding mm-hmm. through the accident interviews yeah. to find out exactly the reason behind yeah. it, isn't it? Because yeah. that's, again, a reality yeah. check upon the business to be able to make sure they're doing the right thing, isn't but it? Again, it's back to simplicity, isn't yeah. it? I can't, st- I can't stress that enough. Yeah, definitely. And where can listeners find out more about you and Miss Menopause? Well, 
Well, missmenopause.co.uk is my website, so you can go there. If you're an avid LinkedIn fan, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, but if you Google me, I've done a lot of other podcasts. I've actually been on TV. I was on Channel 5 a couple of weeks ago. I was going to say, you've been on the BBC a few oh, times I've been as on well. the BBC a few times. I'm, and you know what the thing that makes me proud? That I'm representing the North East um, nationally. And that's uh-huh. what makes me super proud. So I'm super proud eight to be here today. But I'm... Oh, I'm equally as proud to have a, a, a northeast voice talking about this subject up and down the country. Yeah, and it's great that you've been recognised, the fact that it's been picked up and it's been recognised and that you are doing mm. national TV, mm. you know, to be able to kind of put your voice out there mm. to be able to talk about the importance of what yeah. the menopause is with it as well, totally. isn't it? Okay, so thank you very much for listening to the Real World HR podcast and thank you so much to Sharon for coming along and joining us today. You can find more information about the things that we've discussed on this episode in the show notes and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes as well. Real World HR podcast, the human back into HR.